Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up, everyone? It is 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, which means you're tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News. Today, we're joined by Gino Rodriguez from MMJ Business Solutions. We're going to be talking about buying and selling cannabis businesses and licenses. But first, we do have to get to the news summary. So, Miggy and Tom, what's going on in the news? Happy Wednesday. Oh, happy Wednesday. Yeah. Happy Wednesday. It's Wednesday at 2 p.m. Therefore, I know where I am. I'm on the stack <laughs> of the Starship Enterprise. Uh, still reporting from the future. And so like in Illinois, it's it's just a complete cluster. Uh, and that cluster has not gotten any better. I mean, now you start people, people are finally starting to get scores, like almost two weeks after they were released. And so, uh, and the scores are making no sense. So not even real scores, just those two numbers? Uh, that's correct. There's like, so, well, I mean, like you, your work hasn't been graded. Your work has been graded, but you can't see how it was graded. And yeah, so what's up with that? Just saying, that's just how it is. And so like, and it doesn't make any sense. And then in some areas, like the, the same application might be graded in different. Uh, so like you get a rubric. And so like, you know, you might get a, a 15 on one BLS region and like a seven on another BLS region. It's just, it's bananas. Oh, dude. So once the same exhibit. Yeah. When, when lot, cause, oh, there's lawsuits already, man. But you, you guys just also uh, raked in another record month. Oh, what, what, what did the Illinois report for? Um, uh, I'm not sure. I just know it was one of the podcasts I was listening to where someone said Illinois brings in another astounding month. I mean, come well, on. It's a record. Last... It has to be over 60 million then. So yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, did you get any like cool Teen Vogue? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Teen Vogue, dude. I mean, uh -oh. shout out to like no longer brainwashing little girls and thinking like top 10 things you have to do to please somebody. Right. Oh, yeah. And well, you know, there are those types of, of uh, articles. But what, yeah. what is Teen Vogue reporting? So, you know, they're just continuing on with Kamala Harris and, and how her and Joe Biden will decriminalize marijuana. So, uh -oh. you know, I mean, it's fingers crossed. That's all you can do, right? I mean, how long will we be doing this? Uh, we've been doing this for over 10 years. Yeah. I mean, for each thing that pops up, I mean, it sounds more. I mean, she was part of the MORAC. So. Uh -huh. Uh, I really do believe, but every time something happens, just like with Carter, you remember we were so close with Carter's administration. That's true, but then they started, they didn't know, like in Carter's administration, like the, there was no anandamide, there was no endocannabinoid system, there was no CBD, there was no data. They still had only been doing the research for like a few decades, as opposed to another five decades. But then here's the number out of Illinois uh, for last month, it was $63 million dollars of adult use cannabis sales. So that's that's what Illinois was reporting. But then um, another cool thing we've we've done over at the uh, Cannabis Industry Lawyer site 
to help organize our content. Today, we have content about uh, buying and selling of the cannabis licenses, which is going to be really interesting. So give us some likes and subscribes and then stick around toward the guest because we're going to talk all about how you can buy and sell licenses. But here is a and we'll, we'll drop this into the description as well, uh, is our map. And so it's kind of an interactive thing. And then we'll organize the content by state and then we'll sub organize it even further. So if you have any questions about your state, uh, head on over to the map of marijuana legality by state on cannabisindustrylawyer.com and then uh, tell us what's missing. That's pretty dope. Uh, I like that yeah. format. Hey, uh, also in uh, messed up, well, not also, but in messed up weed news, uh, Boston Freedom Rally and Seattle Hempfist are criticizing a competing event. So apparently uh, two ousted members of the Boston community who are Trump supporters, that's why, but not just, okay, again, you can be a Trump supporter, but not one of those people screaming all lives matters. Not one of those conspiracy QN on peoples. And that's what we get when, in the cannabis community, m- most part. Uh, what percentage of people do you think are QAnons? Oh, my God. You mean in the cannabis community or in America? Uh, yeah, I guess we probably have to talk about America in that respect. Yeah, but, you know, they kind of go hand in hand because if you can have a conspiracy, if it's something is slightly true, that kind of person is already predetermined to accept things, don't you think? I think there's uh, I think there's actual psychological studies over that in the sense that uh, people believe what they already believe. You know, this is something we should try to reach out to that guy who wrote Thinking Fast, Fast and Slow, Daniel Kahneman. Let's see if we can get Daniel Kahneman on the show to discuss psychology of QAnon. But uh, until that day, this time next week, you know what we're going to be doing and reporting on? What's up, Kevin? Yeah, but what respect? What's next week? It's a, it's a seminal day. Oh, the Morak. The Morak should be up for a vote this time next week in the House of uh, you know, Representatives. So give us some likes and subscribes for, and then ask uh, us in the bottom, like, where are you guys? So have you called your legislature yet? Have you asked? Because uh, I know uh, Darren LaHood represents me, uh, which is not true at all. It's just true in the sense that he's my congressman. And so uh, I, I should ask him to vote for the MORE Act. I'll call him later, but I don't think he's going to. Really? Oh, is, is a Republican conservative type person? Correct. Uh, yeah. And, I, and, that, and that's who we have to focus on. You know, the normal, uh, what we talked about last time about uh, uh, legislators and knowing the key, like who to ping and, and why, you know, right I mean, marijuana is not a, a detrimental uh, topic to, to be supportive of. People need to stop. Well, it used to be. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people like ourselves included used fake names up until a few years ago. And then some people that are in illegal states still use fake names. Yeah, simply true. to try to protect the uh, anonymity of it. And then the cash kind of disappears into anything really easily. Uh, I'm still really excited to see what the do you think they're actually going to hold that vote next week? I you know what? Fingers crossed. That's it. Uh, I mean, you know what we need to do? We need to update the people about what happened in Nebraska. Oh, my God. Yeah, tell the people what happened in Nebraska, dude. So Nebraska did not make it again. Uh, let's scroll down here. Nebraska's marijuana supporters to try again. Uh, they got denied in the legislation, right? Remember, we had the guy on just a couple weeks ago when we were talking about that lawsuit. And I'm like, why did you guys have it say one and two when the rule is you're only allowed to have one question on the ballot? Yeah, and that's where they got him, right? Yeah. This cheesy-ass sheriff. And... Honestly, do you really think it's the sheriff or maybe somebody that's a lawyer that's smarter than the sheriff? Because I don't think they would come up with it. Well, I guess they know how to manipulate their own system. Well, I just don't understand why they they drafted their question with numbers one and two. They should have drafted their question with, do you support medical or cannabis? Something like that, where it's like, should medical, should Nebraskans be allowed medical cannabis? See how I didn't have a second part of that question? Yeah. Maybe it's just because they're trying too hard to try and protect the medical, you know, and that maybe I don't know. I don't know were why you trying would... to, were they just trying to pump fake themselves? Yeah. You know, let's shoot ourselves in the foot before we get out of the gate. Well, it's kind of just like the Carter administration where legalization almost happened, but because of a cocaine scandal, it didn't, right? So these yeah. guys were almost there, but shot themselves in the foot with the second question. I know, but then I don't think we're going to get a cocaine scandal out of cannabis anymore. Oh, oh, oh right. speaking of though, uh, what is it? South Dakota, though, their IG just uh, had a DUI. So, of know, course, we have this big contra- contradiction in America. Like, it's okay to get a DUI if you're a, you're an official, 
you're growing up, but uh, God forbid. Because, yeah, it's, it's fine to have an irresponsible use of alcohol, but it's terrible to have any use of cannabis. Get out of here. Anyway, more federal news. Uh, congressional lawmakers asked the Supreme Court to hear a marijuana lawsuit against the DEA. So seven members of Congress, uh, it's that cannabis cohort in Congress, which is kind of fun. We should try to see if we can get the cannabis cohort in Congress on. Uh, and so they're asking uh, for this lawsuit to move forward. And these types of lawsuits, like Normal has been sponsoring these lawsuits. And that's kind of the, with that book that I wrote about 10 years ago, similar style of it. Uh, they've just been going on for 50 years. They've just never been successful. Isn't that weird? Yeah, well, I, I do you think, I, and I, I think it's like our distrust of the system, right? Like, how do they pick and choose what goes further? You know, there's always a stalemate. Hey, you have justice. It's You file the report. But now right. when we hear it, it's going to be up to us. Right. Well, yeah. that's kind of what's going on with Illinois. Like everybody was just told what their scores were and you're either in the pot or you weren't out of the pot. And then like no review, you know, you're in, you're in or that's it. Yeah. And so like uh, you don't have that opportunity to, to be heard and that opportunity to have like, all right, well, is my score fair? So where's the judicial review of my score? It's kind of built into the law, but they're just trying to ram it into uh, effect. And so like they can go to the lottery and they can assign those licenses because they're already behind schedule, you know? Yeah, but uh, where's the transparency? Like you guys are yeah. demanding. I mean, how hard is it to have transparency? And It's and, extremely and, difficult, evidently. Well, and I think it's because the whole cannabis conversation is always pissed on. It's always considered wow. something... You know, a shout out to the medical marijuana community on Facebook. They're having a, uh, a town hall here after the show on their channels. I think it's called the Medical Cannabis Community on Facebook. Fairly large uh, Facebook group. We've had them on the show before. So check that out because they're going to be discussing uh, with a couple of state legislature uh, what the status is. And then in status update news, <laughs> status update news, uh, that case that is pending and working its way through the federal court. Uh, there was supposed to be some stuff on that, but that's kind of been continued until September 22nd. So uh, there's going to be another hearing in that case in a week. So tune in to next week's on that, man. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Hey, uh, um, I also want to share one more thing that I, I happened to catch. I shared it in our uh, the big group, but uh, apparently, you know, it is football season. And football has a branded wine. I caught that on my Twitter feed. Has a brand of wine. What the? I mean, come on, man. Where's our cannabis brand? Where's our? That is irresponsible, sir. That is irresponsible to suggest that people should enjoy using something besides alcohol. Did you not think of the shareholders? But, you know, football has come a long way, but they can do so much more. Yeah, you know, it used to be about the concussions and the physical abuse. Now it's all about the children. Well, their whole pompous circumstance with social equity bullshit right now. Uh, you know, if they're going to support social justice, social equity, um, legalization, prohibitions, number one. It's yeah. But, you know, it's still like a super hot industry, man. There's still so much action that's going on. Record sales again. And uh, each month that goes by, it's growing and it's growing fast. And you know what that leads to? Business transactions, buying and sellings of licenses and businesses. Yeah, let's bring on our guest. Hey, do you know what's going on? Uh, that was a, a wonderful segue. <laughs> How you doing? I'm my first rodeo, Gino. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so can you tell us what you guys got going on at MMJ Business Solutions? Yeah, so at MMJ Business Solutions, uh, we, we broker the buying uh, and selling of um, marijuana businesses, be it uh, dispensaries, grows, or in Colorado, we call them MIPS or extraction facilities. There are also sometimes um, some requests for marketing of brands and stuff like that, but our core product and our core business is the buying and brokering the buying and selling of these uh, cannabis industry, industry businesses. So operating out of Colorado primarily, cool. Yeah, Colorado's the, uh, the 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 mecca, if you will, of marijuana. I like to describe it as the future in Illinois. It's like you want to see the future, go to where they have a mature market. And Colorado <laughs> has a very mature market. How many licenses are in Colorado? Well, well, there are about five hundred and thirty 
um, dispensary licenses. There is about the same or better around 700 grow licenses uh, and probably around 250 to 300 infused product licenses. Now, the new licenses that are coming up, of course, are delivery licenses, uh, hospitality licenses. Um, there are other licenses research licenses do. as well that they're starting to do in uh, Colorado, right? Well, you can, yeah, but you can do that with a MIP license and see Colorado is a perfect mm-hmm. state for, let's say if you had a, a doctor's group, if you will, and the doctor's group wanted to study the plant. Well, in Colorado, all you would need is a license to, to work with the plant, which is a MIP license because you're going to be extracting it, you're going to be testing it. That's ridiculous. I mean, because that's one of the largest uh, reasons why the lie has been allowed to exist for these 80 years is because they always have uh, stood in the way of research and tried to prevent it. Unless, of course, it was very controlled and looking for the harm of the plant. And then they would control the supply and it was illegal to do any of this research. So that's that's fascinating. And that's the interesting thing, because. Like, there's never been a medical marijuana store in Colorado. <laughs> it's all been get you high store under the medical guise. And the unfortunate thing about that is that the doctors are really serious about using cannabis uh, as, a, as a medicine. I mean, if you talk to a doctor about hemp, he won't even talk to you, like, yeah. at all. Uh, but if you're talking about marijuana and its medicinal attributes they're all about it i'm talking about from alzheimer's down to 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 anxiety nice um so so marijuana really missed its moment to be a true uh medicinal entity i mean they could have did both actually Hmm. uh which which actually if you have a medical if you have a store that has both a medical license and a recreational license they still don't take advantage of the medical uh, attributes because the medical licenses are now for people who have extended plant count that can go in there and get an ounce or two. Um, uh-huh. And then, of course, uh, recreational is for just, hey, I want some weed. I don't care what store it is. So. I know you're yeah. saying as far as like medical was. And, and that's another, another thing, too, is there's a lot of misconception, too, when Prop 215 was coming about, uh, you know, People are like, why, you know, it's medical. Why are, are they charging each other? Or it's medical, you know, why is this guy living, you know, wealthy? You know, there, there's there's a little misdirection because at the same time, people are smoking just to have a good time, to have a good Saturday night. But I like to say all use is medical use because, you know. Well, we can say that, but just think of everybody who self-medicates. I mean, um, a lot of people... Um, that I know were smoking weed because their stomach was upset. And yeah. that's what calmed their stomach was. As it turns out, that's actually uh, 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 has something behind it. And so right. while people say, hey, you're getting high, but why are you getting high? This is something that occurred. You just want to chill. Some people make some sleep, you know. And this it's for health. Before. It's for health. Well, this. Well, health, health, health purposes, absolutely. Of course. So, Gino, you've described, uh, you know, over a thousand licenses that are uh, in Colorado uh, and new forms of licenses coming. Uh, How often do people hold a license? Uh, Are they fairly transferable? Is there a lot of buying and selling? Well, it it ebbs and flows. So, so in the beginning, um, you had everybody coming in and getting all these licenses. And they, at one point, we had more um, dispensaries than Starbucks. And so how MMJ Business Solutions started was when the city and the state started treating these dispensaries like any other business. And when they did that, these businesses had little experience in dealing with, because they're coming from um, uh, the black market, frankly, and so on the black market, you don't have leases, you don't have uh, inspections, you don't have building permits, you don't have um, all the different levels of compliance. And so MMJ Business Solutions stepped in uh, because we had uh, history with the city and county of Denver is where it all started with their building departments and with taking these, you know, and I spoke 
the dispensary owner's language, if you so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was the, able to translate, you know, what the inspector was asking for. Uh, they used to burn sulfur uh, in the beginning as a uh, as a uh, spider and bug uh, remediator. So when the specters came in, like you can't do that. That's you know. So they had to they had to grow from that. And so we were kind of guiding them through that. Uh, hmm. until they wanted us to start selling them. And, and to the base of your question, um, people who have been in this business, a lot of them from the very beginning, ironically, and they were realtors. industry. Like that's yeah, something so, that, you know, some people need to understand that the real estate play in cannabis is legit play. Uh, and so a lot of the people that I meet in it there, it's like, so I was in real estate or like some, some of the big operators might've been in like mortgages or uh, uh casino. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In 2000, in 2007, 2008 occurred, remember our industry was black ball throughout the, throughout the United States. Yeah. yeah. So they were still doing raids. When was Lance Glore uh, arrested, Miggy? Well, the original raids were from 2011, and his incarceration started in 2016. But, uh, geez, yeah, for we for running a, a legal pot shop the way that a thousand other dispensaries were run at the same time here in Washington, it was pick and choose on who they were going to find the bad guy. Oh because, yeah, they did. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they did that here as well. Uh, yeah, one one operator called it king making, mm. and but, so they were picking and choosing who was going to make it. Who was not? This guy had the same offense right. this guy had, and they say, "Okay, this guy is a bad actor." And they go to the other guy. I ain't mention no names. Yeah. They go to the other guy and say, "You could buy all his dispensaries." Oh yeah, yeah. Like you can. Gino, uh, can you get a little closer to your uh, your cam or like shout at your computer? Uh, because like uh, the mic will pick you up better then, because we want the people to be able to hear uh, okay. the podcast. Yeah, the history of that, the Colorado. Try again. Can you hear me now? A little bit better. A little bit better. Okay. Um, we we bought microphones after doing this for a few weeks. Oh, is that right? Because somebody, yeah, a guest came on with the microphone, and like I was yeah. listening to the show, and I'm like, man, that guy sounds amazing. He's like, yeah, I get one of these <laughs> microphones. I'm like, okay. Next time I'll do that. Yeah. Did you know? Do that. you for your uh, MMJ business solutions? Do you uh? uh help with the initial license or because like there's no craigslist for license out there right like tom and i know it costs like a couple hundred thousand now to get a license to play the game well, okay so that's 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 really uh the market for instance um uh all of this by the way is a license play none of this is buying a dispensary and seeing how much if that guy has a license it is a miracle trust me the stuff that he has to go through annually just to keep the license is is so draconian that you have no yeah. idea the amount of the regulation like it is it's like it's somewhere between a hospital a casino and like you know an insurance agency if apples if apples had the same stringent requirements as marijuana you wouldn't see an apple in america seriously it, it's ridiculous um but but be that as it may so the, the licenses are now have a moratorium in Colorado. Um, you can only so no get, more licenses. No, you get if you can still get infused product licenses, but nobody's handing out any more dispensary licenses. So you have to buy and sell the license itself. So you have to if you want to open a business. There's two ways to do it. You can buy an existing business, which in my which is my view is a time machine. Because if you start a new, that's going to be like a year out. And in a year, the industry's changed. So what you're building may not be applicable in a year. You Man. can literally be starting. Um, but but be that as a way. So so now you have uh, these existing licenses, and so you know these people are tired. They want to get out, and you know my first deal was eighty thousand dollars. I've got something on my website listed at fourteen million dollars now. Nice. Wow. Yeah, because so, like that's something like uh, how do you how do you value the license then? What's the uh, what's the buy and the sell ask that they do? Well, typically now the sellers will will, will sell at one times revenue is the rule. And one times revenue. One times revenue. 
is the rule. But lately, because you went from illegal to essential, and now you have these investors poking their eyes up, going, "Well, I can diversify my money." Is that gross revenue or net? Gross. One times gross. So that's probably one of the reasons why a lot of those Illinois licenses are, they're asking for almost $10 million. If that dispensary no, pushes $10 million. That's, that's a new business. They're oh. doing that nonsense here too. Um, you have to remember that whoever's buying this is going to be a learned investor or somebody who's smart with their money. So they're not just going to give you 10, 10x because you want it. Um, so typically now with the with the coronavirus, you're seeing uh, listings and sales at 1.3x to 1.5x mm -hmm. revenue. Um, and with that, you've got to pick and choose which one is earning consistently. Like you have some guys, which hey, if you if you got a license and you fixed up a store and opened it, that's 1.5 off rip. Uh, dispensary license right now, if you have to move it to a new location, 650,000 hmm. with a straight face. Yeah. And then a license that was selling for $60,000 in March before the pandemic is now 250,000 with three offers on it. Damn. And Man. that's just here in the state of Colorado. Now, if you move west to California, well, let's take Nevada. Well, Nevada is much like the East Coast. The fix is already in. Them boys, whoever's going to get it, got it. Same thing in California. Yeah, Nevada is a fixed state. So let's yeah. just kind of reiterate on that. Nevada's got like huge ass licenses. And there ain't no more getting in. No, and so, that's it. That's yeah. it. And they want $1 billion dollars. That's correct. That's it's it's like Florida, and so I'm really hoping that. Well, that's the point. That's the point. See, here in Colorado, in the beginning, if you wanted to open a dispensary, all you had to do was walk down to the city and county of Denver, give them my address, and say, "Hey, they go number forty-four. You raise your hand. You walk up there. I want to open a dispensary. Here's your paperwork. Go through this. Go through that, and you've got a store." Damn. Nowhere else has that happened. Nowhere. Well, I think Washington, maybe. And it's not well, happening no more. Oh, yeah. Right? That's, yeah. You know, that's, that, those that's days are gone. Yeah. yeah. And then in California, you only have 73 counties that are selling marijuana, and the state is completely pissed off because they want more counties to opt in to selling marijuana, and they won't do it. And Gee, they won't close the illegal dispensary. So so my view is, is this, or in, especially the Colorado market. Typically, when you go into other states to buy a marijuana store or get a license, they want to know what you've done in the marijuana space before they issue you the license. Is this your first rodeo? Do you have any experience? And what you see is people who are applying in these other states come to Colorado and buy a store so they get their chops, so they get to learn the business. You get my point? And then they'll then once they get once they learn the business, they'll quickly sell it and then go back east where of course they've got like one of five licenses or some shit, you know. <laughs> you know, you make a great point though. Like the the pandemic has proven that marijuana. I mean, prices are skyrocketing. Uh, South Park they're gonna be coming out with an episode coming out uh, called the Pandemic Special. And at the beginning oh. of the commercial, they show uh, 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 Randy who owns a uh, 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 Integrity Farms. Uh, he's got a sales chart and it just shows a spike, right? <laughs> you know, it's, right with COVID hits. I've got a 5,000 square foot grow that had four offers on it. Um, 3,500 square foot. It was split up. 3,500 square foot once, one side and 1,500 square foot on the other side. Sold at 550. So who are you dealing Cash. with? Cash. Like investor groups or just like yeah, one right. like multimillionaire? So, all right, so now, and when you say five fifty, what's five fifty? That's five hundred fifty thousand. And so for just the growth, just the the equipment or the license. The assets, yeah, the assets which they're going to change and, and, and move out sure. anyway. It's a license, but 
But what you see is that while you have people trying to get into the business, uh, they have to go through a process called suitability. Okay. Which may take one or two months. Hmm. And so you'll have a local. I'm, 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 I'm going through this. is the second time I'm going through this. Then you have a local guy who already has his license, already knows the system, already has been around the block. The seller sees the two offers as not being equal, even though it's going to take him the same amount of time right. to go through the process. But the seller knows this guy's been in the business. They give the guy that's been in the business the offer. This is the second time this happened to me. So, so the more you're in the business, the more often you're going to be able to get more business? I would say that's how businesses grow, through attrition. You, you, so in other yeah. words, I get to deal when, you know, he talks to his wife, let's get greedy, let's get like a billion dollars for my, you know. I don't get the call when somebody's, unfortunately, maybe the mother just died or their partner died in some car accident and I need to get out of it right now. And so they'll talk to their friend who's in the industry and they'll cut a deal on paper and wham, that's done. So those deals are do, being done as well. So when they come to me, I go to the general public and get their price, basically. And then I'll walk, I'll walk the buyer through the process if he or she doesn't know, which the main thing that they don't know, which they should know, is the 280E marijuana tax code. And so many people say, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And when I hear that, I just say, dude, you know, stop right now. And that's because probably you know, why they get audited so much, because if there's this turnover in the license and then they're like, wow, we're printing money. Are you making sure that you're paying more taxes than you think? No. And so they, they do they just get in a huge hole that they didn't see coming? Well, yeah, because because Ugh. remember. The majority of these people have mom and dad's money. I mean, you think there's some some slick investor uh, waltzing through the marijuana community? That is a fallacy. Because let me tell you something about an investor: the attorney is afraid of the RICO Act. Yeah, if he ain't in Colorado, he's afraid of the RICO Act. The accountant, by rule, can't consult you because it's federally legal. I'm yeah, but yet, saying. where are the prosecutions for this? They aren't prosecuting what? anything. They're taking that jack. They're like, now. hey, don't forget a wet RB here with the IRS. Where's my cut? His investor is sitting back. His accountant is, is, is squirmy. His, his attorney is squirmy. And then he looks at his wife and says, honey, I'm about to invest a quarter or half of our eggs nest into a marijuana business. <laughs> and then they have to sign a get-into-jail-free card. That's a little known fact. What's that? If you lie to these people about anything, they will take you straight to jail. And you've already huh. signed it that you agree to said rule. That's and not only right. that, when you sign this form, not only can they dance in around in your income records without protection, whoever gave you money to do this business, they get to dance around in their business. Damn that All money laundering. God damn it. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons why the Moore Act being voted on next week is so big, because all this bullshit happens because of the federal scheduling of cannabis. Absolutely. Like all of this stuff will go away. That IRC 280E, that double tax that robs all the marijuana industry, uh, that doesn't say marijuana. It just says schedule one substance and trafficking. And so, like, if marijuana is gone, it's not going to apply anymore. And then all that money laundering statutes, the Bank Secrecy Act and all that crap, that doesn't say marijuana. It says Schedule One substance. And so if you read the list, marijuana's not on it. You know, it, it would just open up so many things. Banking. You know, it, it, uh, would. It, yeah. it would. It would. But then again, you got to realize that the bankers, they're, they're trying to keep the regulators out of their books. So if you're taking marijuana as a bank, they know the marijuana records are straight. They're going to walk right past those marijuana records and get to them records they've been looking at, looking to get to for 30 years. Because once they're in, they're going to look at everything. So yeah, that's but- why you have banks not wanting to do marijuana, especially in Colorado, because they're national banks. 
Give us some so more why... act passes. I, I think the, the normalcy, if there won't be so much investigation. I mean, they'll look like asses, you know, if they go after canvas business after more act passes like that. I think the more act passes, there'll be a lot. What we're going to have to do is they're going to start creating that interstate regulation, you know? Man, remember the hemp bill. The hemp bill, oh, yeah. think about it. The, the, the hemp, hemp bill created like, oh. billions of dollars. The like they, they are able to access more, banking right? now. And uh, so, like, you know, they can get FSA loans, they can do all this stuff. So, like, if yeah, that but, happened but to the, the full plant, just knock them, knock their you know what in the dirt. Yeah. Oh, no, no, the, they've been kind of pushing back on that actually. And so the, the USDA is basically pump faked, and they said, okay, next season as well, we aren't gonna impose all these rules for uh you know testing. And so it looks like it's going to depend on who's in the administration after November. So make sure that you don't vote for anybody who stands in the way of cannabis uh, legalization. And so like if uh, or even the hemp industry, because uh, those regulations that the DEA and also the USDA put out, those could be to just totally different. We could be like, you know, Oregon. I think people are missing the point about this legalization, because if they legalize it, then the doctors are going to be in on it. And then there goes Big Pharma. And you're messing with some serious money when you start messing with Big Pharma's money. I mean, like even now, um, if the doctor knows you're taking the cannabis regiment, they'll kick you off of the program. Wow. Like literally. Yeah. Well, even if you're a, 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 an, organ, an organ donor, if you're an organ donor, they won't let you uh, uh, give or receive if you're using cannabis, which is ridiculous. Um, is this, right? is is this right? all because of the yeah. scheduling? But then again, like, yeah. right. And so that's one of the reasons I, I could see like medicine and using it more, but I don't know, like maybe Pfizer would have their own genetics or maybe Pfizer would buy a cannabis company and be like, here's our line now. And they would just start competing like that. Oh, absolutely. I, have no idea. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, like in Chicago, I, I try to tell people who are in this industry who think it's going to last forever, I was like, dude, there's only like two liquor distributors in Chicago. <laughs> it, or three. Is it two? You can't be the only liquor distributor in Chicago. Dude, and the name on the building is like the only liquor distributor in Chicago. It's going to be the same thing here. There's going to yeah. be the, the, the distributors of marijuana is going to go lower, lower. And this is when you'll get interstate transfer. Yeah, because there's only going to be so many players who they can track, who they know have quote unquote corporate uh, equitable. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot like liquor and cigarettes. Like you go buy exactly. cigarettes, it's got that stamp. They paid their taxes, and so yeah. the 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 man is going to figure out the exactly. way to take his cut, and it's going to be available. Well, ideally, it'd be like Pennsylvania, right, where. The craft grower could send his stuff to the bigger market and then have a chance to be just craft, you know, uh, home homebrew or whatever. Yeah, that's interesting, Gino. Uh, what's the smallest grow that you can get uh, in Colorado? Um, it's not really the size. It's really the license. So the licenses are tier one for growing, which is 1,800 plants. And the funny thing about that is when marijuana first started, uh, the dispensary owners would only grow 99 plants because that was the federal cutoff. Oh, neat. So so now your your initial license, you're able to grow 1,800 plants. Damn. And then it goes to what they call a tier two, which is then, of course, uh, 36 and, and so on. And so now, um, heretofore, you'd have, if you were a medical grower, you had to, to sign your like your plant number were assigned to your patients or so six plants per patient. Now, since that's no longer a rule in Colorado, now true marijuana distribution lives in Colorado. Then if it's medical, you only start with 500 plants because there's less medical stores, obviously. Mm. And so, um, so the licenses is what is the minimal. Same thing with the dispensary. Um, while the dispensary licenses are uh, capped, you can't expand as a company. So let's say Gino Rodriguez Dispensary, I own two dispensaries at the at the end of the, the at the beginning of the moratorium. But during the moratorium, I as a company can't open another store. 
I've got to go to some failing store, buy his license for a gazillion dollars. It's only acquisition for growth then for market share. That is correct. That is yeah. correct. Which is really a uh, poise for a big takeover. I mean, yeah, it just sets up for uh, that, that consolidation. Sure and does. then you have the Budweiser and then you have the exactly. one liquor distributor. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's, uh, Pennsylvania is doing something pretty interesting with their micro grower uh, license. And so it would be a license that anybody could routinely get. And you're only allowed to grow 150 plants and then you can't sell it to anybody. You can sell it to a grid of other producers that will like look at it and be like, no, this fails. And they'll reject it. And then they'll be like, no, nah, we're not buying any more from you. Or, uh, you know, you could actually start working with them be like, yeah, that's some good shit. And then grow from there. Uh, it's it's a they're trying to take out the black market by just saying, well, the black market can now get into it because most illegal grows aren't that no. big. But you don't think that's going to work? No, that's not going to work because the black market is the black market, especially on the East Coast, because the big is in. Um, ah. I think what happens with um, a successful entity is that you have to have the, the, the extraction, the grow and the dispensary. If you don't have all three, you may fail because no one's going to buy your weed. And the reason why that is. No one's going to buy your weed. No, you hear it here, folks. Well, you're talking everybody, about being. Everybody thinks they're the best grower in the world. Yeah. I love it. The vertical. Uh, you're talking about owning everything. Is key because if so, you don't vertically integrate, then your profit margin is at risk of the market. Right. And, so, and you can't recapture that IRC 280E as well. Like, so like, no, it, it, no, because no. of the way that they, they, they have the dispensaries with, you know, he, uh, yeah. It, so it, there's a lot of economies of scale from having that, but. Well, well, so, so 280E, like everything has a workaround and the workaround 280E that you're seeing, and I hope I'm not speaking out of school. I've heard. <laughs> My accountant friend said this. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that. So you have a holding company that's not called Weed or Us. And then you have your, that's called that company A. And then company B, if I can show my hands, is the marijuana entity. So the company color. A buys everything for company B, but charges company B a billion dollars for everything. That this is this is what they do in hospitals. And so uh, a hospital might file for bankruptcy and it's not one hospital. It's like 50 different hospitals and the, the management company. And so now imagine you have all these licenses. And so it's it's like a hospital. And, well, and thank God, thank God marijuana is not the first. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. But that's that's one of the reasons why, like from a, a purely contractual corporate law standpoint, the uh, cannabis industry for nerds like myself is kind of fascinating. I'm like, oh, neat. I see what you're doing. You know, yeah, there you go. There you go. Nothing's new under the sun, as they say. Right. Neither you can remember. May, oh. as it may, the, the problem that you run into is that um, these people forget that, one, this is commercial growing. So you're not right. doing this in your basement. So when you see a grow that's divvied up into different rooms, what they're trying to do is to repeat their basement in these little rooms. That's not that's not commercial growing. Commercial growing is perpetual, five to six turns a year. You know, no one's going to pay you more. And and people are are the only thing that will change uh, this attitude with dispensaries is if the brands start marketing to the public. Because when you walk into a dispensary, you don't know what's in there. Because when you walk into a dispensary, all this weed is in a jar. You don't know where it came from, if it's the same weed you got from last week, if it's the same grower, if it's the same what have you. So if you want some wax, you say, can I have some wax? And the bar, the bartender turn around, oh, we got this this week. But we got that this week. And so because dispensaries are the where they go for marijuana, you're seeing you're seeing dispensaries start charging brands shelf space, which is ridiculous. Yes, yes. Because there's so much supply coming online and they have to fight for that shelf space. But if you own the dispensary, you can stock 40% in Illinois of uh, that shelf space can be your product. 
One more time. Uh, in Illinois, forty percent of your shelf space can be your own product. You're you're kidding. See here, a hundred percent can be your own product. Oh my gosh! No, yeah, no. So we... this is why you have to have. See, see the trick to to it's retail, nothing more. So you have a store, yeah, and then you have a mint where you can brand. You can have as many brands as you want. You can make right. up. Have fights among them. What do you care? It's all the same That's the thing about everybody has a cannabis brand, but they think it's special. And I'm like, do you have any effing clue how many cannabis brands no, there are? Because you know, but no one has advertising. No one yeah. has market share because yeah. no one markets to the public. They all market to the dispensaries, and so the dispensary is saying, "Oh, I want you. I don't want you. Uh, I want net ninety with you," and so. As long as you put the dispensary in this position, then the public suffers because they only get the cheapest, trust me, the cheapest stuff, unless it's being asked for. And so this is why you have these, what they call specialty brands like cookies. Right. right? So cookies, they just came to Colorado. There's no legal way to get their brand that they sell in California to Colorado. So what do you think is in that bag? Right. That's Whatever the thing. The it's a licensing agreement. It's a, it's, a, it's a contract. Agreement. Right. Thank it's you. just a licensing agreement. So like, but that's the, how do you think about it? It's way easier to get your brand into a market instead of playing the bullshit lottery to get whatever license it is. If you have a legit brand somewhere else and you want to expand it, it's a licensing agreement because the guy who's holding that license might not know what the F he's doing. He don't know what he's doing. And in fact, now we just got signed up we're just signing up a group that has the first approved franchise model hmm. um, in America. And I just closed their first dispensary, their first franchise uh, person. Interesting. And so what they do, just like most franchises, is they have a large grow. And so they have the buyer go out to the dispensary they claim to have the special sauce or how to make it look, packaging, product, the whole nine, national marketing, all that good stuff. And so when a person buys that dispensary, they already have a support system. And hmm. you can do that. Um, I mean, you don't have to do anything special with it, but they have their, their franchise because licensing is kind of quirky from state to state. Oh, it's, it's completely well different. Yeah. yeah. So, and so then if it's that one thing about like how lucky somebody is to get a license, it's just all sorts of different politics where you go. And, and I think where you go. that's true. That's true. Yeah. Because in Jersey, you know, I think they're going to, I don't know how many licenses are, are going to be let go, but I know a family that has one in New York, uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, uh, uh, Maryland, Mm -hmm. And now uh, they're in line to get one to Florida. I'm like, but come on. <laughs> you know, come on. That's not an open market. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so I, I would say that um, a lot of people who are selling now are people who've been in for a while. Uh, they see the prices going up. Um, and mothers are trying to get out. I mean, like, it's, it's one of those things. It's a business. I mean, it is a grind. You have to do this stuff. Oh, it's a business. And and that is the most, I guess, um, disheartening uh, thing to a lot of the, the buyers who don't have their own money. They're in charge of managing it. And then, you know, like I said before, rent, employee retention, dealing with the city, all the nuances, robberies, break-ins, uh, all that stuff. It, it, it weighs on you. And then... If it's mom and dad's egg nest, and now this this um, market is is juicy, they're forcing these kids to sell, and 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 that's a fact. I, mean, I get at least one call a week from mom and dad. Get me out of this mess. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like that's the thing. It's a lot of regulation and a lot of bear hurdles and stuff that you have to put up with in your operations, and and things can go wrong. And it's a lot of investment. I mean, here in Illinois. People are just spending hundreds of thousands of dollars just to try to get the license. That's before they even open, you know? Dude, yeah, see? And in Denver, 
all you have to do is walk down to the city and just, hey, I, I, have, a, I have a guy who started uh, Viola with Al Harrington, who is from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, all nervous and stuff. I said, man, let's go. We go down to the city. We said, he said, what are we doing here? I said, you want a license, right? He says, yeah. So 21, he gets up, we do the thing. He looked at me, he said, do you know how much shit I would have had to go through to do this in Chicago? Yep. <laughs> but they can't do that no more. I mean, like, that's no, the right. thing. They, they, they said, all right, that's enough. Shut it down. Uh, but that's just fascinating that it's so different depending on what state you're in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if they follow the Colorado model uh, from the municipality standpoint uh, and from the state standpoint, which is really stringent, uh, they would they would have more success than not. If they open up the market um, and yeah. let the market does do what it do, then you'd be enjoying the tax rates that Colorado is. No other state is enjoying uh, that tax boost. Uh, more than Colorado, not even California. Um, what about Oklahoma? Oklahoma made their industry wide the frick open. Well, Oklahoma is it's the wild west out there, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people are just growing every which way but loose. There's, but 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 the funny thing is this about marijuana. It was the same way here the first two years. And it seems to be the same way, the same way everywhere. So just like sulfur reacts on Earth the same as it does in space, mm-hmm. marijuana here is the same thing as it is everywhere. You got at least one year of complete lawlessness, and everybody's in the state, from black market to like people from like like typically Florida and California. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me why, but most of the illegal growers that I that 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 I unfortunately have run across are from Florida and California. That's, that's, that's just where they like to do business, I guess. Hey, hey, just facts, just facts. Gino, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can we go to find or follow what you guys got going on at MMJ Business Solutions? Hey, you can reach us at uh, www.mmjbs.com. Our Twitter is at MMJ5280. Uh, give us a call, 720-724-4185, or just search online, uh, how do I buy a dispensary, and we're literally on the first page. Nice. So uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, uh, call me anytime for any follow-up stuff. I've got a lot of opinions. <laughs> Great. Awesome. We'll throw those links in the description. And thanks again for coming on. Thanks for tuning in. Everyone, make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you on Sunday. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye.